0: Welcome to Sharing the Word. I'm your host, Dr. Driver. If you've listened to any of the episodes recently, I have a message on blessing God. Today, I want to share how we take time in our life, most people do this, where we have difficulties, we have problems, we encounter, we have trials and tribulation. We have issues that come upon us and we Look at ourselves and say, well, I didn't cause it. This caused it. We blame external sources for the problems that we have. We could blame the weather. We can blame a family or a friend or, or any circumstances that we go through that are difficult. We always point the finger. It's just part of the history. If you even look in Genesis, we find that even Adam and Eve were blaming each other instead of taking responsibilities. Recently, I I was driving my car and and I recognized that my GPS was telling me to go on one exit, but then <laughs> the display was telling me something else. So who do I listen to? Do I listen to the, the voice that says, go uh, this exit, or do I turn and go this way based on the arrows that are pointing on the display in your car? And I decided to ignore the voice and follow the arrow. But I should have probably listened to the voice that said, go this direction. Bottom line is that I took a course of action to go the direction of the arrows uh, on the screen. And as I'm on the highway, I hit a pothole. There's potholes even on highways, but on the side closest to the right lane. Uh, And actually, punctured my tire. Now, I was upset. I get that. But the point I'm making here is, who was I listening to? Myself, a voice on the navigation system, or the arrows as well? So I took responsibility. I had to, (laughs) because I now have a flat tire. (laughs) I even had to call my my producer and say, hey, I'm going to be late. I hit a pothole. I didn't blame my navigation system. I didn't blame the drivers on the road. Uh, I had to take responsibility. I even got up early just to be on the road on time to get to my destination. But in that example, listen to me, friends. The navigation messes up routinely. Recalculating, rerouting, rerouting. going this direction. You hear you hear these voices. It, it just always says recalculate, rerouting, and whatever it does. But I still know the direction I should go, but I'm listening to the navigation system. So if I 'm lost, I could tell my boss, the producer, or anybody, uh, well, the navigation told me to go this way. No. <laughs> we have to get to the point where we stop making excuses when we 're confronted with things that we go through that the outcomes are not as positive, they're negative. Now, there are times, and you know this, where we even blame. Not just the circumstances like, say, a navigation system or bad weather or potholes in the road or a friend or family member. We can blame anybody and everybody so that we look good, preserve our insecurity, preserve our, our self-esteem, our self-efficacy is getting damaged here. If I take responsibility, that makes me look dumb, stupid. You know the words that you speak to yourself. Take responsibility for your mistakes instead of blaming. And I'm going to say blaming everything and everyone that's involved or in your circle. Now, the thing that really does get me at times, instead of blaming the circumstances or the people and everything else, we still have our own volition, our own choices to make. I could take responsibility. I didn't have to listen to the navigation system. I know the direction. I did my homework before I even plugged it in, typed it in. But the point here is, the navigation system was telling me to go a direction that I knew wasn't the address to where I was supposed to go. So I could have followed the navigation system and then blamed the navigation system why I was late, if that's what would have happened. But I'm finding that it's not always that easy to blame when you really are the one responsible for the situation and the outcomes. So you know what some people do? They blame God. They blame God for the circumstances that become bad in their life. They blame God when a person dies in their life or, or they have this illness or they lost a job. We start now blaming God for it because everyone knows on this planet there is a God. Believe it or not, people believe there is a creator. People may not recognize it is Yahweh. They may not recognize it is the only true God. But people believe there is an ultimate or omnipotent power there above. And then then on the contrast, there's also the evil in the world or as we would call the devil. Why do people blame God? Why do they curse God when something bad happens? They don't blame the devil but they definitely take time outside of exhausting their list of blaming others, blaming the circumstances, then they get to the point where they blame and curse God. So what story comes to mind that we can say, that's not correct? There's really nothing in the Bible that really says and shows why people do that. There's nothing that says when somebody has a bad day, somebody has an outcome that's not positive, they blame others, it shows that, but it doesn't explain why they really do that, and it doesn't explain why they now come and start blaming God. They never blame the devil for anything. If you even look at the wandering journey in the wilderness, Israel was going through the wilderness. They blamed Moses. They blamed the fact that he and Aaron was leading them into the wilderness so that Pharaoh's army would then now destroy them in the wilderness. But did they forget all the plagues that hit Egypt? Did they forget that Moses parted the Red Sea? I mean, did they forget? How could you forget? And now they're blaming Moses and then cursing God and then wanting to worship a false golden calf and said, this is the God that led us out of Egypt. So my friends, we have a propensity to blame God, to curse God, and blame others. But the story that I want to go to comes out of Job. Now for those who read Job, I'm not going to read the entire uh, book of Job. I'm only going to talk mainly in chapters one, touch a little bit in chapter two and three to make my point here in closing too. That I have to learn that not everything that happens in life is really orchestrated for the sole purpose of blaming just God or blaming even the devil. things in life happen God is supreme God is all-knowing, all-seeing. God is everywhere. I got that. But I can't keep blaming God, the devil, my father, my mother, my brother, my sister, my wife, my friends, anybody. I got to look at this is just the cycle and the process, the evolution that life has for us today. So what I'm saying here is stop blaming and start accepting and don't ever curse God for the problems that you are facing. So here's what happened. In Job chapter one, there was a man named Job who who lived in the land of Uz. Now, not Oz, everybody, it's Uz, U-Z, uniform zebra, Uz. And he was a man of integrity. Now we did an episode on integrity a while ago. So a person of integrity fears God and obeys him. So let me say that too. A person of integrity is a person who fears God and obeys him and lives a holy, righteous life because of what the law requires of that person. Now, Job was very rich. He had like seven sons, three daughters. He prayed for them all the time. He even offered sacrifices for them just in case that if they ever sinned because they're partying every night. Uh, that maybe if they were cursing God in their heart, maybe he can atone or pray or intercede for them. So, again, we can curse God without knowing it. And Job knew that. So, it says in the Bible in, Genesis, in Job, excuse me, in Job chapter 1, starting in verse 6, that there's courts in heaven. And I have a series coming up on the courts of heaven, but let me just say there's courts in heaven. And that the angels and the elders of heaven came to present themselves before God in heaven. Now, you can read this yourself. That is in Job chapter 1, looking at verse 6. But who also was there? Satan. Now, in Job chapter 1, verse 6, in the courts of heaven, these presentations before God, again, this is the Bible. Imagine what's going on. They're Satan. Satan can go up and down. He can go up to heaven and make accusations against the saints. Remember, Satan is the accuser of the saints. Now, in the book of Revelation, Satan is kicked out of heaven permanently, even though he was banished or uh, evicted uh, back in the day. And you can read that in Isaiah as well as Ezekiel. You can go on and just read the story of how Jesus even said he saw Satan thrown down. Now, my point here is Satan now is making an accusation against Job. And he says, if you read just that section, that that Satan says to God, well, of course Job is not going to curse you because you've blessed him and put a hedge of protection around him. But I guarantee you, if you if you allow this to happen to him and this and that and the everything else, he'll curse you. God tells Satan, because God allows it, God is all power. Everybody say that, God is all powerful. He tells Satan... Do as you will to him, but don't let any harm come to him physically. So the story goes on that Job gets messengers that come up and say, hey, uh, somebody stole your sheep. Now I'm going to use some paraphrasing to get to my point because we only have so many minutes in the episode. So then here comes a second messenger. Now this has been happening. This was stolen. Your hired hand. So put it in today's language. Your business just closed. Somebody just broke in your windows. Uh, Rioters were in the street. They were doing the following. They burned up your entire uh, business platform, if you will. They, They just burned up your building, and now they just killed your employees. These are the type of messages Job was getting from these type of messengers because God allowed Satan to bring destruction upon his life. Now, again, there seems to be a chess game between Satan and God that God says that, you know, my man of integrity, Job, is not going to curse me. He's not going to say anything uh, ill or bad about me. He's just not. So while Satan is doing all this destruction, the final messenger comes and says, a windstorm came in and blew down the house and killed all your kids. Now, Job is already thinking to to himself, I just lost my business, my property, my hired help, and now my children are dead. Now, once did he cry out and swear and curse God, my friends, it's all in the story. Now that upset Satan, I get that. But again, Job never blamed God for any of this. Because in verse 21 and 22, so in Job chapter 1, starting in verse 22, Job never blamed God, never cursed God. It says in all of all the activity that just happened in his life, all the dangers and the damages, the deaths, the robbery, things falling out of the sky and killing his property, his animals, his children are now dead. It says in verse 22, in all of this, Job did not sin, did not sin by blaming God. God giveth, God taketh away. God giveth and God taketh away. So Job never blamed God. He knew that all the blessings he had in his life came from God. He knew that his business and being the richest man in the area, he knew that all that was a gift from God. And he always prayed for his family, prayed for his people, prayed for his business, prayed for everybody. And yet here comes Satan in the courts of heaven, now making an accusation because God even said, have you considered my, my man Job, man of integrity? Because Satan was just roaming around checking out what was going on there on planet Earth. Does that happen? I believe it does. You could be living a life and be comfortable with your 9 to 5 job, with your good pay and your salary, and you have your nice house and you got your benefits, you got three kids, you're living large, you're loving it. But Satan is not going to attack you if you're never praising God. Satan is never going to come after you if you don't intercede and pray for others. Satan will only bring up, as he scopes the earth and checks things out, he will only come to attack and make his presentation before God to attack your integrity. And make an accusation. Look at Joe over here. Look at Mary over here. I bet you, Lord God, if you allow me to stricken them with disease, if you allow me to take a loved one, if you allow me to to damage their business, I guarantee you, God, they will betray you. They will turn their back on you. God can say, go ahead, but leave her alone. Don't touch her. So Mary loses a job. Mary loses a business. Mary's husband cheats on her. You get where I'm going with this. Mary still goes into her prayer room and cries out to the Lord and says, Lord God, you are great, you are mighty, your love endures forever. We have a choice to make. You either can curse God or you can bless God. I choose to bless the Lord. Never blame him. Never curse at him. And I can tell you, I've had some trials in my life. And maybe the scriptures were always in there to where I didn't blame God for it. And I definitely did not curse his holy name. Job didn't do it. Job did not do it. So let me just say this. Satan will never give up attacking, especially if you're living righteously before God. When Satan scans what's, what's going on in the world, and he knows that Susan, Mary, uh, Kevin, Tommy, uh, Shannon, uh, uh, Robert, all these people, Jim, they're all out worshiping God. They're praising the Lord. They're giving their first fruits to God. They're living a life that pleases the Lord. And the Bible says, even in the epistles of even Timothy, that those who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer trials and tribulation. Psalms tell us this, a righteous person may face many trials, but the Lord delivers them from them all. So my friends, you got to ask yourself, do you take responsibility knowing that being righteous, you're going to have trials? And I would say, take note of that. We can't just worship the Lord because he blesses us. We worship the Lord in good times and in bad times. Job knows this, and Job never blamed or cursed God. Satan now is upset. So Satan says in verse uh, verse four of chapter two, Satan replies to God by saying, skin for skin, a man will give up everything he has to save his life, but reach out and take away his health And he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord says in verse 6 All right, do with him as you please, the Lord said to Satan, but spare his life. So Satan left the Lord's presence and he struck Job with terrible boils from head to foot. Now, my friends, let's apply what's going on today. You're a person of integrity, you fear God and obey his commands. You pray for others. You live holy and righteous lives. You will suffer some trials and tribulations, but I'm here to tell you, continue to praise the Lord. And if you're struck with a disease, continue to praise the Lord. If you're struck with some form of illness that nobody can explain, praise the Lord. Job had boils from head to toe. He was even disfigured to where his family and friends couldn't even recognize him. And even with all that, his wife, this is in chapter two, even his own wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? His friends would look at him and say, you look terrible, but we feel sorry for you. We feel sorry for you. But Job would never blame or curse God for all the trials, the travail, and all what's happening in his personal life, physically as well. But when you look at even his own wife in verse nine of chapter two of Job, his wife said to him, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Curse God and die. Now I get it. You may be disgruntled. The wife may be angry, uh, but blame Job for it. Remember, I talked about blaming Job now lost his entire family, lost his business, lost his property, lost everything he had. His bank account was was drenched, or not even drenched, his bank account had negative balances. Not sufficient funds. And the only one in his family that's remaining is his wife, who says, Why are you maintaining your integrity? A man of integrity, a woman of integrity, according to scriptures, is a person that fears God and obeys his laws. And because he fears God and obeys the commands, the Torah, the oral traditions, he obeys God's voice. His wife says, curse God and die. Why are you holding on to your faith? Why are you holding on to what you believe? Why are you holding on to your integrity? Why do you believe in God? Why do you keep worshiping God? Why do you keep praying for that person? Why are you praying for those who are cursing you? Bible says, those who curse you, you bless them. You pray for them. She's now saying, curse God. Why are you maintaining your integrity? I like Job's response, and I'll close with this, and we'll have part two on this. Verse 10, Job says to his wife, in chapter two of Job. You talk like a foolish woman. Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? So in all this, Job said nothing wrong. My friends, if you have anybody in your life that knows that you're a believer, that knows you live by faith, and you're going through difficult times, they, they might not know what to say to you. But even if they say anything to you, in their self-righteous approach at times, like Job's wife, and we're going to talk about his friends in the next episode, you sometimes have to be careful what you say in, in response. They may sound correct in everything they're saying, but the enemy could even use that to get you to curse God, to blame God, to say something that may sound like you don't have any faith in God. But Job said, should I only accept only the good things that come from God and never the bad? God is a gracious God. He forgives, he heals. But I'm going to tell you, I'm always going to continue to bless and praise the Lord. Thanks for listening to Sharing the Word. Join me again as we discuss Bible topics that will help you live a victorious life through Jesus Christ.